Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Today's message, will you watch this video? If it is a good morning, which I doubt. However, did I get your tail back on properly, Eeyore? No matter. Most likely lose it again anyway. Poor dear. You know, I may have just the thing. Up, up, up you go. <laughs> there you are. It's an awful nice tail, Kanka. Much nicer than the rest of me. It's not much of a tail but I'm sort of attached to it. Not much of a house. Just right for not much of a donkey. Might take a day or two, but I'll find a new one. Hand of the road. Nothing to do. And no hope of things getting better. Sounds like Saturday night at my house. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. So any Winnie the Pooh fans? Anybody? Yeah, quite a few. few. I grew up, you know, reading Winnie the Pooh books, um, watching the videos, and I love Winnie the Pooh. I love Tigger, kind of liked Rabbit. Piglet, kangaroo, but I'll tell you what, I had a hard time loving Eeyore, right? I mean, Eeyore had this view on life that the cup is always half empty, right? I mean, that was kind of it. He was always sad, uh, always depressed, and when he showed up, he seemed to just suck the very life out of the room. Well, the word that comes to my mind when I think of Eeyore is this word woeful, Woeful. Here's the definition. Full of woe. Grievous. Involving or bringing woe. Lamentably bad or serious. Eeyore, I would say, was woeful. So, do you know anyone that maybe is a little bit like Eeyore? Don't raise your hand. Don't point. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever been, let's be honest, a little bit like Eeyore? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I've been a little bit like Eeyore in the past. And I would say, actually, in our world today, there are many, many people who are woeful. And on a serious note, there are many people who are struggling with depression, right? I mean, it's just happening in our society today. It's been a tough couple of years tough couple of years, and it's affected people dramatically. According to a recent study by Boston University, it said this, depression among adults in the United States tripled in the early 2020 months of the global coronavirus pandemic, jumping from 8.5% before the pandemic to a staggering 27.8%. New research from Boston University Public School of Public Health reveals that the elevated rate of depression has persisted into 2021 and even worsened, climbing to 32.8% and affecting one in every three American adults. Isn't that crazy? 
how much depression we have in our world today. I actually read another article, and it said that among young adults, that depression is actually around 50%. One out of two young adults is struggling with symptoms of depression. We don't actually need these studies to tell us that, though, do we? We probably all know somebody who is struggling with depression, and maybe some of us have struggled with depression. Uh, I understand that personally. There was a season in my life when I was severely depressed, and I lost weight. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Could barely work. Could keep, you know, just had a hard time keeping my life together. So I understand. You know, and I think many of us do understand when we are in these states of woe. But I would say that God doesn't want us to stay there. Because even in that, those moments when I was struggling with depression, I saw God intervene and pull me out for moments of joy. He was able to do that. And I don't believe that God wants us to live depressed. I believe that he wants us to, to push through and try to live a life of joy. Here's a few scriptures. Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's a command, regardless of how we might feel. Romans 15.13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God can fill us with joy and peace and hope. And Galatians, 2, 20, or Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that the Holy Spirit can give us. Now, I want you to hear me today. I know that finding joy in our circumstances and our situations today in our culture, it can be very, very difficult. And I certainly don't want to downplay the effectiveness of professionals to help us through depression or even medication for a time because I've been there myself. I understand that. But I don't believe that God wants us to accept that having a woeful mindset is normal just because it's normal in our culture today or becoming normalized in our culture or is acceptable. I believe that God wants us to have a mindset of joy. And according to Scripture, with Christ, we can find joy. So hold that thought. We are continuing our message series today titled Kingdom Mindsets, Training Our Thinking. And the premise for this series is that we can actually train our thinking to have the mindset of Christ to not take on the mindset of the world, but to actually take that off and put on the mindset of God and his kingdom. Our key verse for this series is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, which says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Guys, we are in a battle for our minds. I would say now more than ever, um, definitely in my lifetime, in 2022, we are in a battle for our minds, and we have to fight for them. We have, to, we have to go after and take captive our thoughts, and then we have to make them be subject 
to Jesus Christ. So last week we reviewed the three-step process from that scripture. The first one was to locate the lies. What are the lies that we're believing? And then we need to find the truth and to begin to trust the truth of God's word into our situation. And then we need to aggressively take action against that. So in this series, we are going to be looking at different mindsets of the world and contrasting them to the mindset of Christ. And we're going to look at the lie, we're going to look at the truth, and then we're going to show some action steps. So today, we are going to be in Romans chapter 12. You can turn your Bibles there if you would like. Romans is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. You can look it up on your smartphones, and we'll have it on the screen as well. This is just one verse that we're going to be reading today, but it's a super powerful verse. It's full Uh, It's in a chapter full of instructions for followers of Christ. So your homework assignment this week is to take a look at the whole chapter, Romans chapter 12, and study it out. But we're going to read chapter 12, verse 12. It says this, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Let me read it again. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So our sermon title is Joyful versus Woeful. Joyful versus Woeful. And our plan for today is first to locate the lie that would keep us woeful. We're going to look at the truth that opens the door to having joy. And then lastly, we're going to take some time and look at some action steps to grab a hold of that truth and hang on to it. But first, let me pray. God, we come to you and just thank you for your word. Even short verses like this, God, can be life changers. And we just thank you so much for the power of your word. I pray, God, that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive from you today. And and Lord, I pray that you would give me your words to speak. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. First of all, the lie. The lie is that my circumstances will determine my level of joy. My circumstances will determine my level of joy. So this lie is saying that my emotional condition is completely dependent on my circumstances, on what's happening around me. If my circumstances are good, then I'll have joy. And if my circumstances are bad, then I will be woeful. But that's a lie. It doesn't have to be true in our lives, in our lives. Now, our circumstances can determine our level of joy, but it doesn't have to. Here's the truth. I can find joy regardless of my circumstances. I can find joy regardless of my circumstances. Guys, let's be honest. Our circumstances affect us, but they don't have to control us. They don't have to control us. So let's look at uh, the first part of verse 12. It says, be joyful. The first starts with the word be, which is an action verb. It means to be, to become joyful. It doesn't say be joyful when things are good. Or it doesn't say be joyful when you feel like it. Being joyful is something that we can do regardless 
of our circumstances. Now, I will tell you, happiness can be dependent on our circumstances. Happiness is determined by outward circumstances, but joy is determined by what goes on in our hearts. Joy comes from the inside out. Does that make sense? And so God says, be joyful. Be joyful. We have to claim it. We have to grab a hold of it. We have to wrestle it. We have to make our emotions and our thoughts submit to God, but it can be done. Here's a few action steps that we can take. The first one is this, is to imagine a positive future. This is a step for being joyful, towards being joyful. It says, be joyful in hope. And that's, that's a key. Be joyful in hope. Hope is defined as to look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. To believe, desire, or trust. To feel that something desired may happen. Even when our current circumstances are anything but joyful, we can imagine a future that is joyful and we can bring that joy from the future into our present today. Let me give you a, an example. So I love taking men on these wilderness trips. We, we go out into the, the woods, we take our canoes and we paddle and backpack, you know, dozens of miles into the wilderness, and, and we're there for several days. And I really enjoy connecting with God, connecting with the wilderness, uh, uh, connecting with these other guys. But let me be honest, after three or four days, I'm tired, I'm sore, the guys stink. <laughs> I don't stink, but the guys, no, I begin to stink, you know, and 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 I just don't want to really be there anymore. You know what I mean? You get to that point, I'm tired of sleeping on the, on the ground, and I'm just like, this is rough. But then what I will do is, like the last day that I'm there, I will begin to imagine being at home, all right? So I'm still here, in, sleeping this time. I'm imagining being home. I'm imagining taking a hot shower. I'm imagining seeing my wife, who smells good compared to these guys, sleeping in my own bed, you know, and as I imagine this future state of joy, I grab a hold of that joy and it comes into my present. Now, my circumstances haven't changed. The guy still stink. I'm still sleeping on the ground. But I can have joy today knowing what is going to happen tomorrow or the next day. And that's what the scripture is saying. It says, be joyful in hope. Be joyful in hope. And we can hope for a future. And it, it may not even be a possible future, but we can hope for one that's better than our circumstances today. And it will bring joy into our lives today. Now, I want to talk about the opposite of hope, and that is worry, right? So what is worry? Worry is imagining a future, right, that is negative, and then we take the effects of a negative future and we pull it into our present. And so we end up being anxious and, and sad and depressed. And maybe we don't even have any bad, I mean, any circumstances that determine it today. It's just we're worried about what might happen in the future. And I would say in my life, the things I worry about don't come true very often. They really don't. At least not to the extent 
that I worry about them. Well, hope is the opposite of that. Hope is planning for a positive future. And let's just look at Scripture. If you are in Christ, there is a positive future for you. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works for the good. And we all know Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what God has for us. And I love this one from Psalms chapter 42, verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The psalmist understood this. He says, why are you downcast? Put your hope in God, because I will yet praise him. He doesn't say, I'm there. He says, I will praise him, so I'm going to bring joy into my life today. So here's your fill-in. In Christ, guys, the future is always good. It's always good. And even if you can't imagine a positive future on this planet, let's be sure our eternity is good. Heaven is good. And so we can imagine when this life is over and we stand before our Heavenly Father and we enter into His majesty in heaven, that will be better than anything we can drum up here on this planet. It will. So even if you can't imagine something good in your, in your lifetime, you can imagine something great in eternity. So that's an action step is to imagine a positive future. It will affect you. It will affect you. Here's your second one, is to wait out the storm. Wait out the storm. Isn't it nice that storms don't last forever? They just don't. Natural storms, they just, they don't, it can be a terrible storm, but a, a hurricane will blow through, a tornado will blow through, a blizzard will blow through. And in our lives, it's the case too. There are storms in this life but they're not going to last forever. Our verse says, be patient in affliction. Just, God's telling us today, just be patient in your sorrow. Be patient in your storm. Be patient in your trial. Jesus, the night before he was crucified, and he was, he was in turmoil, says that he was praying and his sweat was like drops of blood. He was in so much turmoil because he knew what was going to happen the next day. But he endured it. And I would say there's a couple reasons why he endured it. First of all, he understood that it wasn't going to last forever. They couldn't torture him to death forever. It was all going to be done in a day. But the second piece there was a joy set before him. Hebrews 12:1 says, And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus was able to endure the short-term storm because he was looking forward to the joy set before him, which was us. 
Jesus died for me. He died for you. He died for every one of us. He died so that we could be in relationship with him and spend eternity in heaven. So Jesus had his eyes set on the future, and then he also knew that this storm wasn't going to last forever. And so he was able to wait out the storm and endure incredibly difficult circumstance. Guys, we can do that too. We can look at our trial as we're, we're looking forward and trying to have hope in the future, but we can also look at our trial and recognize that this isn't going to last forever. It may feel like it, but it's not going to last forever. And even in the midst of our trials, God is doing something. This is what's, what's crazy for me. Sometimes I think about enduring is like going to the dentist, right? I mean, you just have to, ah, I just said, ah, you just have to endure it. But no, enduring is really more like working out. It's more like exercise, right? Because you're enduring it. You're, you're running or you're, you're bench pressing, whatever it is, but you're doing it for a reason because it's developing something inside of you physically. Well, if we endure the storms of this life with joy, it develops something inside of us spiritually. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We rejoice in them. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Guys, we can have joy in the midst of our trial while we're waiting it out. Because we know that the very trial meant to bring suffering in Christ is actually producing perseverance character, and hope. Let's wait out our storms. But while we're waiting, let's look to see what God's doing inside of us, inside of each of us. All right, your last, last action step is to talk to God continually. We cannot get through this life, the trials of this life, with joy, without God. Can't do it. Our verse says to be faithful in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. This means to pray consistently, all the time, and to not give up. So if we are going to have a mindset of joy, we have to bring God into our circumstances and our situation. Now, let's face it, when we're depressed, when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're in those situations, frustrated, we don't want to bring God in, do we? Many times we're like, no, I'm, I have a right to be here. My circumstances, they justify my emotional condition, and I don't want to change. And we hang on to it. But I will tell you, that's the worst thing we can do. We need, to, we need to give up right away, submit to God, and bring him into our circumstances. Because it's, it's only through God that we can have the mindset of joy, regardless of our circumstances and our situation. Prayer is the key to that. Prayer is the key. It's, it's talking to God. It's asking him to help us. It's asking him to intervene in our lives. 
And one of the things that we are missing as followers of Christ, there's a powerful promise related to prayer. And, and, and so many of us miss this. Because what we do is when we pray, we pray by ourselves, right? Okay, it's just the, the independent culture of America, I think, is like, well, okay, I'll pray, just me and God. And, and again, that's an important thing to do. But guys, there is power when we pray together. Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20 says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. That's a powerful promise about prayer. It says, gather together with somebody else, and I'll be there. And if you agree upon it, you, you both think this is a good idea, I'm going to move on your behalf. I'm going to do something in heaven in response to your prayer. And yet we end up praying alone, many of us. We don't gather for prayer. I will be honest, one of the hardest things for my wife and I to do is to pray together. It is. Like as a pastor, that should be the easiest thing to do, right? No, I will tell you, the enemy fights against that more than anything else. He'll let me do a Bible study. He'll let me preach a sermon before he'll let me pray with my wife. We have all kinds of opposition against us. And the reason I believe for that is because the enemy knows this verse. And he's seen the power of prayer. And so if he can keep us separate, he's going to do it. We need to pray together. And here at the church, one of the easiest ways to pray with somebody else is just to simply come up after service and have the prayer team, one of the prayer team members pray with you. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You might be just having a bad day. Let a prayer team person gather together with you. God shows up and he moves on your behalf. And we have so few people re respond to that. And my guess is that almost all of us, if we were asked individually every day, every Sunday, would have something to pray about, right? Right? something we're praying about, but we're not gathering together and, and having somebody help us in that prayer. So that's one of the easy ways is just come up Sunday after church. Another way is on Tuesday nights, we have what we call intercessory prayer. It's at six o'clock. And at six o'clock, we are just praying for whatever we can think of. We'll pray for the church. We'll pray for our events. We'll pray for our community. We'll pray for our mayor, our governor. We just pray for whatever comes to mind. We're actually going to change that up uh, starting this week, and we're going to bring a whiteboard up and just start writing those down in the next couple of weeks. We're just going to write it down and just cross them off as we pray for them. So if you want to pray with us or you just need prayer, come on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. We'll pray with you. We obviously also have home groups. If you're in a home group, we pray every time we meet. We pray for one another, and then... I would encourage you, if you have a husband or wife or kids, fight against the enemy and pray together as a family. Pray together as a couple. Um, if you're living with your parents, just ask your parents, hey, would you pray with me about this? So often we say, would you pray for me about this, which is different than would you pray with me? Do you hear that? 
Would you pray for me is different than would you pray with me? And here's your last fill-in. Praying together is greater than the sum of its parts. If I pray separate and you pray separate, we think that's like that adds up to two. But if we pray with each other, that adds up to like two million. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's more powerful if we do it together than if we do it separate. So those are some steps this week to take if you're struggling with joy. So look past your situation. Imagine a positive future. Know that storms aren't going to last forever, so wait out the storm and then bring God into it and bring others into it. Talk to God. Pray with one another. And I believe, I really do believe, that you can find the mindset of joy. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.